You are listening to The Exchange with Joy and Katie, a podcast that inspires people to pursue their passion with purpose and to make an impact. Advancing the kingdom everywhere. We love to chat with inspiring people to exchange ideas on how we can live radical, Jesus-centered lives on Monday through till Saturday, as well as Sundays. Hi, this is Joy Blundell and I'm hosting an exchange of ideas with people who understand their workplace is their mission field and their Monday to Saturday is their ministry. And we've been chatting to everyday ordinary people who apply their skills and passions in the different spheres of society to advance the kingdom everywhere. And we're in the middle of COVID-19 lockdown, although we are uh, emerging. And we've been asking our guests to talk about their reflections and their learning, uh, to talk about what they're reclaiming and remembering to be important to talk about what it looks like to reset and uh, to get back on the starting blocks and most importantly really we've been uh, asking people to talk about what it looks like to start to rebuild again and to uh, work towards the reformation of society and so this has been an incredible opportunity for us to dig into uh, people's work and their calling who they are what God might be doing in their sphere of work and how they're partnering with him to advance the kingdom everywhere and I'm really excited tonight to have uh, a really inspirational woman, Hannah Bowring from uh, Tear Fund. She works for the UK Churches team uh, in campaigns and is doing some really fascinating work along the same lines of some of the questions that we're asking through this uh, podcast. So hello, Hannah. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Joy. Yeah, great to be with you. It's great to uh, connect and I know we've had some really cool conversations about some of the common ground that we're thinking through as uh, two sets of organisations and uh, people. Mm. But uh, I'd love, first of all, before we dig into some of the stuff that we've been talking about, could you just introduce yourself properly? Because I know I've given a headline. Tell us who you are and your context, where we're chatting from tonight. uh, And then I'll have a few more uh, questions to dig in for you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so um, I'm based in southwest London, um, quite near the Tier Fund offices. Um, so yeah, I've been working for Tier Fund for about five years. Um, and yeah, I'm so I'm in southwest London with my husband, two kids, and a dog mm-hmm. who is sitting here right next to me. Um, she's been following me around since I've been working from home so much more. Um, yeah, and my job is um, to help engage the UK church with the work that Tear Fund does, especially our advocacy work. Um, so we're working to build, um, advocate for change to build a fairer world where everyone can flourish. Um, yeah. Great. That me. sounds really exciting and fascinating. Can you, just so we can see a bit of a snapshot of your life, can you tell us what you were doing at 11.30 on Wednesday morning? <laughs> well, for most of lockdown, 11.30 on Wednesday has meant uh, sitting in our spare room, laptop open, tapping away on some emails or some Zoom, being on a Zoom call or something. Um, and uh, yeah, every so often having the kids pop their heads around the door. <laughs> but the last couple of Wednesdays, 11.30 has meant being back on the nursery pickup run 
um, doing a quick, like, close my laptop, run to pick mm. up my son from nursery and run back again um, to get into the next meeting, which has added some complications. I've actually found it slightly easier having my kids at home than when right. they went back to school doing three pickups and drop-offs a day. Oh, um, yes. So, yeah. That's probably my snapshot. The juggle of homeworking and parenting at the same time. It's fun. Indeed. <laughs> well, we'd love yep. to dig into some of the things that you've been working on and some of your thoughts around this uh, season that we've been living through. And so would yeah. you tell us just a little bit of some of your learning on what have you reflected on? And um, most importantly, really, what are you rede- rediscovering that's been important to you that you want to take through into the next season with you? What are you reclaiming? Yeah. Um, so I think one of the things that I have felt as a loss, but also then felt as a deepening was, you know, the, la- the lack of face-to-face contact with the broad range of people you normally see uh, in your life. And then, you know, obviously that being taken away, but yet those moments of bumping into neighbors or seeing a mum who you know a bit from the school gate, yet you actually have a meaningful conversation with them Mm. when you bump into them out and about. And so I think that like level of actually just looking for the potential, more potential for those deeper friendships just in my locality, um, Mm. I I think is something I, I really want to carry through. And it's come from a lack of connection to people in other ways. It's come from a loss, but I feel like there's a lot more to build on there, which um, I've really appreciated. Mm. Um, And um, I think, yeah, and I think that importance of locality, like I've, I've loved being forced to shop locally. I've loved Mm. that, like actually having that force of changing my habits rather than, yeah, which I think I've wanted to do for a while, but this has forced me to do that. Mm. Um, And, and also the, you know, I, I think I was worried I was worried that my kids would feel like they were lacking things, that life would be feel restricted for them. And my kids are six and three, so they are younger. But I've been amazed at how little we've actually needed. Mm. Um, and I've, I'm that kind of parent who um, I'm not particularly good at doing all the fun, exciting things. Mm. I'm not arranging a million things, but I always feel guilty about that. And having that guilt taken away from me for mm. the last few months... Um, and, and actually realizing that my kids are fine. They really don't need, you know, much, much more than kind of us being family. Mm. Um, that's been a real, that's something I want to carry through. I, when that guilt starts pushing in again, I want, I want to be able to fight back mm. with it and just, you know, know that we are okay as we are. Um, yeah, I think, I think those, those are the kind of things I've been thinking about, um, it's really interesting yeah. how mindset plays into everything, isn't it? That um, just because we're in a uh, kind of environment or season where we're thinking, well, well, there's nothing we can do about that, so we might as well just get used to it. That actually, yeah. um, it gives you more confidence in terms of your parenting or your even connecting with mums from the school gate uh, to have yeah. that meaningful conversation. It creates something really beautiful. Yeah, sounds really it, yeah, good. Absolutely, yeah. Yes, I've definitely enjoyed it. <laughs> so in terms of how you will take those things through and thinking about um, as we start to look towards the 
kind of light at the end of the tunnel and things starting to emerge and change again. Um, I mean, who knows about like local lockdowns and like what things might look like uh, in the future. But we know that we're aiming towards building something different and something new as we emerge yeah. from this, whenever that is. Could you talk to us a little bit about what it looks like for you and maybe the kind of sphere that you're representing? So the international development sector or the church sector or um, I don't know how you describe it, the advocacy mm. sector. Um, what do you think you need to restart and what kind of assets and practices are you engaging with in order to to develop this, to get yourself on the starting block? Yeah. Um yeah, I've been thinking um, a lot about adaptability um, and our resilience. And I don't know about you, but there were times in in this whole situation where I was kind of even thinking to the point of, um, you know, goodness, have I brought my children into this world, like this world where mm. pandemics happen and might well happen again and um, where climate change is, is looking like this, you know, kind of threatening thing as well. And, um, and then, you know, with, with the um, racial injustice stuff mm. that's been emerging as well, you know, kind of this, it's felt like quite a, a threatening world yet, yet actually, um, you know, we have adapted, haven't we, as a, as a people to this situation. My kids have adapted incredibly to this situation. Mm. Um, and, um, and I think, you know, resilience has built, we, we now know that we can change huge amounts in our lives and still survive. Um, and some people haven't completely flourished and thrived, but a lot of people actually have. Mm. Um, I know it's been different for different people, um, but that, you know, there is that sense that we can actually adapt and we can be resilient. And I think that those are, those are t- two things that we are going to need a lot more of as we step forward. Um, and, you know, this this idea that we have um, appreciated our interconnectedness enough that we are willing to sacrifice our freedoms for the good of, um, you know, the the elderly who mm. were were more fragile, all of, all of that mm. kind of stuff. But actually, being able to to um, give up our freedom for others, um, even though I know like there also has been a sense of protecting ourselves within that. But I, I think that those are just a beautiful things that we are, again, we are going to need a lot more of if we are going to create a better world after yeah. this. Um, and, and there's also been, yeah, that thing of valuing life over productivity, which, mm. um, you know, and, and valuing, valuing certain um, people, people's jobs who were previously overlooked you know valuing a broader range of people I feel um and so yeah I I think I think that those are all things that um have have been so important in kind of in in development and valuing valuing uh yeah I, I mean at Tear Fund we are all about um trying to value the the last and the least mm. um and to bring them um into much more of a central place and actually creating a world that works for them, not just for those of us who have security and power and Mm. money. Um, And that is why we are, you know, we are really passionate about things about climate change because climate change 
impacts um, those living in poverty right now the most. Um, yeah. You know, we, d- we don't really feel it as much, um, apart from the odd random heatwave week that we had mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, we... we um, so it's a, it's about how do we how do we work use this interconnectedness that we have started to feel to encourage people to keep making choices mm. that are the best for the most number of people are the best for those who are most vulnerable um, and that does take sacrifice that does take um, yeah it, it takes effort and it takes um, a, a, a decision and knowing where you're going and understanding the impact that your choices make on those who are often overlooked. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. I've got a question a bit about the resilience and the stuff you talked about yeah. <laughs> with the adaptability. And, you know, I've had the same question as a mum. Oh, what kind of world have we introduced our children to um, with all these different threats? But thinking yeah. about the people, this is a bit kind of off off the cuff um, but thinking about the kind, the people that Tear Fund is partnering with all around the world, um, yeah. who are often this isn't new to them. This is the kind of thing yeah. that they have to yeah. cope with every day. I love the thought that we get to learn from people who've gone before us already. And whereas quite yeah. often historically we've said, "Learn from us. Look what we've got. We this is how yeah. you can be like, do life." And um, uh, but actually, there's an opportunity for us to turn the tables and say how can we learn from these really resilient people around the world yeah what do you think are there any practices or anything that you've seen as you've done dug into the work with tear fund that different communities around the world have been practicing for generations to help them in resilience and adaptability that's a really good question joy as you say off the cuff Um, (laughs) uh, my 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 mind goes immediately. I just, I got an email from um, a friend who has moved to Rwanda during, um, just like got one of the last flights out of uh, London to Rwanda, the beginning of the lockdown. And um, just, it's amazing the stats that are coming out of countries like Rwanda and others around them who have dealt with other issues like this and mm. other, other, um, you know, kind of diseases that have spread and and they are they have been able to um you know keep keep death rates down a huge yeah. amount lower than we've been able to just just because they understand that they are connected and they they i think that is the thing mm-hmm. they understand um how how these um how these situations can grow and can develop um but but also they are they are more used to hardship. And I think that was one of my moments was, you know, when I was talking to my husband saying, yeah, goodness, what, what have we done? Did, you know, should we even have had children? You know, it was that kind of heart rending conversation. And he was like, Hannah, people around the world deal with far more than this every day. And they still have children and they adore their children and they see children flourish and Hannah, come on, we want resilient children. That's mm. what we want. Like, that's what we've been talking about from day one. Um, how, how do we help them be resilient? Mm. And, and so, so I think, I think you're, you're totally right. And they, you know, but I think there is that understanding as well that suffering yeah. isn't 
always a bad thing. Mm. That suffering does produce perseverance yeah. and character. You know, it's right there in the Bible, but we yeah. like overlooking it. Um, and and I think that that is just it's just more innately known um, that that you are able to walk through difficult times and that understanding of God walking with you through the suffering rather than protecting you from it. Um, I just I feel like it's just it's just more ingrained yeah. um, in culture. Yeah, absolutely. I had a Zoom call just a couple of weeks ago with um, the local church that I'm part of uh, has a partnership with Tear Fund and um, in Ethiopia, and we were chatting to the country rep on Zoom, and he was saying the yeah. same thing. In Ethiopia, they were w- much more prepared for this because they've had to prepare over and over and over again for crises. And so um, as much as you'd imagine it to be really impacting the um, poorest communities in a way it's not impacted us, it's actually impacted us loads more. And there is loads we can learn from. And I just am such a fan of learning from people who we wouldn't expect to learn from, but they've got some treasure for us too, because everyone's made in the image of God with some incredible yeah. golden treasure inside. And so Absolutely. Yeah, it's really, I think it's just such a good flip on his head to, um, yeah. for us to do that. Well, as, as we then thinking then, what kind of world do we want to live in and what are the yeah. things that we're um, aiming for and looking towards and our hope? I'd love to talk to you about the reform potential um in this and um what does god say about reformation of society and i know tear fund have written a paper called the reboot uh, which is really similar to some of these questions and um enabling people to start asking the questions that we're asking and dreaming for something different i'd love you to just unpack a bit about what does it look like for you to join god in what he's doing and what do you think he's doing what are your hopes what are your Mm -hmm. dreams for society to be reformed around kingdom values what does that look like for you yeah um yeah and it's i mean it's something that we talk and dream about a lot at tier fund i think it's you know, this whole question of what does it look like for our world to look more like the kingdom of God? Um, and, and we've seen, haven't we, that we can, um, in, in a very short amount of time, we can make huge changes when when we want to and when it is seen as necessary. Um, we've kind of had a whole new way of being. And and I think as we come out of that, this, we're so aware, as so many others are, that there is a potential to rebuild in a completely different way mm. um and yeah my, my heart just aches for a world that is fairer um you know where justice rolls like rivers um where the last and the least are valued where our relationships with each other and with creation allow everyone to flourish and for me that would be um uh, yeah, that would that would look more like the kingdom of God than yeah. where we are now. Um, and so, um, yeah, in in the in the paper that you talk about the the, the world rebooted, um, we we talk about these three values that we want um, to see more of and we want to take forward. And um, one of those is this the value of togetherness. So, what does it actually look like for us to be? interconnected and how our lives impact each other and how do we make choices based on that how and how do 
governments make choices based on that fact. Mm. Um, we, t- we talk about um, this thing of valuing life over productivity. So, how, yeah, what, what, what does it look like for, um, yeah, for individual lives to be, again, more important than just how much money is made or, um, yeah, that, that just us working and working and working so super hard. Mm. And then the third value being the, the value of imagination, that actually to live... Um, to live in this kingdom way is going to require imagination because it requires us to live differently. We get so used to the way that we live. And by the fact that our lives have been turned upside down in the last few months, it gives us that opportunity to think, oh, well, how much more different can things be? Mm. What, what else could change? And, and I, I, mentioned, um, I mentioned that climate change was a big thing for us at Tear Fund because of the impact that it has on um, people living in um, the poorest communities in our world. And, you know, we have a hundred stories a day of uh, different people who, um, you know, were able to feed their families. And because of the change in climate, um, they are now only able to feed their families for five months a year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these huge hunger gaps that are appearing, we were in a place where... um, you know, the poverty statistics were getting better and better and better and better. And then they started dipping again because of climate change. That is the reality of the world we live in. And we have this opportunity to say, no, actually, we need to make, we need to make these choices now. We need to make these choices fast. You know, all the statistics for um, uh, the tipping point of our of our climate and whether we are going to be able to keep global warming within the, um, within the, oh, losing words, within the amount, you know, the amount that will make the biggest impact that that will kill the most people. If we can keep the carbon levels down enough, we will actually be able to work our way through this. And lockdown has shown that we actually can, we actually can make those changes. And actually for a lot of climate, campaigners it's like it's the first hope proper hope that they've had in a long time um Mm. and we are at a point where we need governments to make those choices and to actually stand by their word and say we we are going to invest in um in green energy we're going to invest in green jobs we're gonna we're going to make big choices and um to to make to make the world a better place mm. um, and so that's so we wrote, we wrote this paper to kind of help people discuss that and then what we've done on the back of that is we've launched a campaign um, called the reboot campaign where we're asking people to email Boris Johnson um, and uh, and you can email him on our website and then we um, send them in batches of a thousand cool. <laughs> to um, Boris Johnson's address um, and uh, yeah, and they and so, and we're asking him for five things in that, um, and you can see all of that on our on our website. But it is around making the world a fairer place. What are the decisions that we want our government to be making now, which could make a huge difference as we are coming out of this? Um, and we're not the only ones talking about this. There are loads of agencies that are working really hard right now because mm-hmm. we all know that this is the opportunity for people to speak up and to actually make an impact of where our country, but also lots of other countries, will will go in the future. 
It, that's amazing. If you if you were talking to um, you know, I think for big picture people, it's really easy to be ima- like, let's imagine the world in a different place. What yeah. uh, if we were just if we were imagining that we're talking to people who can't really see how their one action can make a yeah. big difference? How would you inspire people to think? Um, <laughs> about their next steps like what they could do to even to begin to dream for themselves about what life could look like and there i mean the the one of the reasons why we encourage people to take actions um for themselves is because we know that you don't get to the point of for want of a better way of putting it, stamping your feet about something if you haven't already made some personal steps. So mm. I know for, for me, um, it, I, I kind of, I've kind of been aware of the climate thing and kind of known that I probably want to think about it at some point, but it's only been the last few years um, as I've just started, like, I mean, I started by getting my milk bottles delivered instead of buying my milk in plastic cartons of plastic bottles you know it was like very very small steps just going okay I want to leave be slightly lighter in my footstep footprint on this world Mm. and I just started doing just very small things and then it's now got to the point that I um um you know a booking a meeting with my MP to talk about supporting a green recovery and I I would have had no idea five years ago that I'd that I'd even feel that passionate about it Mm. but it's been from just um making small steps and um thinking about how much I have compared to so many other people Mm. and how much I have um of like a consumer power um that I can use in good ways or in bad ways and making choices and then also modeling it for my kids like mm. I don't want them to have to work so hard as as I am having to work to shift my life to feel like I am treating God's creation in a way that is appropriate I want them to like that to flow out of them so much more easily um so for me it's also about modeling that for my kids but mm. so I don't think I'm answering your question completely no it's great just, um um, yeah, I, so I think I think it is. It, it's about step by step, um, and it's about um, guilting yourself into it, but but trusting. For me, thing that God will prompt me um, that actually that this is about my journey of faith as well. And the more the more I have made choices and sometimes made sacrifices. Um, sometimes they haven't been as big sacrifices as I think they would have been. Um, you know, I thought they would be bigger sacrifices and then I do them. And I'm like, oh, actually, that's mm. kind of all right. You get used to it quite quickly. Um, I've actually, it's, it's felt, it's actually connected me with God. I feel like I've been connecting with the heart of God. Um, I feel, feel like it's a journey of seeing his world through his eyes I'm not saying I'm there yet I'm saying that's the journey like Mm. towards seeing the world through his eyes Mm. and seeing the negative impact that I have been having and how I can make choices um to do that so it's part of my worship yeah part of my yeah yeah. 
that's part lovely. of down my life for him. Yeah. yeah. And I think what's really um, brilliant is hearing you talk about the values that uh, you're proposing as we look to reboot the world of uh, valuing togetherness and being interconnected and life over productivity and imagination is all the things yeah. that as we've talked to people on this podcast people have been reflecting on this is what we've gained over this season togetherness and inter- yeah. interconnectedness that we understand yeah. that that happens on a local level but it can also happen on a global level level and yeah. valuing life like over our pro- productivity and also starting to imagine what life could look like i think there is a local kind of um response to that for us in our own lives and our families but there's also um a global response to that for our global neighbors and i love that tiff and really provoke us to uh think about who our global neighbors are and how we can live to um love them as we would love our next door neighbor as well and so it's been great to speak to you hannah and to uh, hear your heart for that and uh, just to encourage our listeners who can um, access the reboot campaign uh, via the tier fund website and we'll make that link a link at the um on the page for this podcast as well so that people can access that and to email boris johnson um brilliant yeah great uh it's been really good to talk to you thank you for everything that you're doing to uh, imagine a different world it's really inspiring brilliant well thank you joy it's been great to be here yeah thank you and thanks for listening this has been the exchange podcast with joy blundell as we exchange ideas to advance the kingdom everywhere